Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It is great to be with you. Today, we are talking about spiritual direction. What exactly is this thing of spiritual direction? We are all certified spiritual directors, and we see our own spiritual directors, so it's a topic important to the three of us, but we realize this may be a new term or idea for many. So I wanted to open it up this morning for the rest of us to engage in a dialogue of what is spiritual direction. Woohoo! This is a great topic. I feel like spiritual direction... When I was maybe 15 years ago, I really didn't hear about it much. And occasionally I would hear someone on staff at this church I worked at talk about having a spiritual director, but it felt like they were the only person I knew that was doing that. They maybe met with a Catholic nun who was 80 years old at some church that I had never been to. So it all felt so far away. And then I think that journey continued a little bit with the notion of life coaching, and then progressed further into spiritual direction specifically for me. And so sometimes even when I talk about what is spiritual direction, I might often start with being like, well, you know how there's life coaches? It's similar, but there's this spiritual component to it. So this opportunity to talk about meaning of life, what's going on in the inside, what is the inner life where is meaning and purpose in our lives? Perhaps before we get a little too far into this topic, it might be helpful just to acknowledge that the word spiritual direction may imply a directiveness that we're telling people what to do. And actually that's quite the opposite of spiritual direction. And so oftentimes in circles where one is talking about this, you might hear the term spiritual direction or spiritual companionship spiritual guidance. Oftentimes we interchange these terms because although most people recognize the term spiritual direction, it's actually not directive. It's much more about deep listening and engaging in question asking and having a lot of spaciousness around really exploring what's going on in the inner spiritual life. Christina, it's interesting that you mentioned life coaching, like it's like life coaching, but maybe sometimes also say it's like therapy only on a spiritual level. And so I think oftentimes we're grasping for these different concepts that are more normalized for people that we understand. And that's one of the things about spiritual direction, spiritual guidance is that it's not a an industry where, you know, such as like if you're a therapist, you have to go through certain training and probably take certain tests to become a licensed therapist. For spiritual guidance, although there's an ethical code for spiritual guides, that we all ascribe to. And when you go through training, it's not a industry standard. And so how one approaches spiritual direction and engages in it can vary quite a bit based on who you are, maybe what faith tradition you're coming from, et cetera. So I think it's maybe important to acknowledge some of those nuances as we describe spiritual direction. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Whenever I was going through my spiritual direction training program, one of the things that we had to do is as, as trainees, we had to describe what spiritual direction is. And we had to do this like every three months, like what is spiritual direction to you? And I think in all the spiritual directors, spiritual companions that I know, if you ask them what spiritual direction is, you're going to get a different answer. There's not a, there's not a unified field. There's not a standard answer. And I think because spiritual direction 
is engaging in listening with others, listening to the divine, and also listening to yourself as you're listening to others. I think because it's so uniquely individualistic, the definition can vary from person to person. But I think one of the one of the definitions that I love and has stuck with me at that a lot of spiritual directors might say spiritual direction is it's taking a loving, a long loving look at what's real. And I don't know if you guys have heard that term defining spiritual direction, but I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's a good question. If I've specifically heard that definition or not, I can't even say. I remember a couple of years ago now, somebody talking about deep listening. And I found myself, I was like, what is deep listening exactly? I don't think you can just Google deep listening as opposed to listening and try to figure it out. But it's exactly what you're describing this listening in many different ways at the same time. But as you talked about, when I was in my training, it brought me right back to that experience of listening differently. And quite honestly, it changed my relationships even with others, even when I wasn't in the middle of practicing spiritual direction, because I started to notice, oh, that person is feeling really emotionally charged right now. And so instead of jumping into emotion with them, because I'm a heart type, right? I can easily find that emotional space. I could take a step back and I could reflect and help work through the emotion as opposed to being in the emotion with them. It actually enriched my life all the way around almost immediately. Chris, I'm very familiar with that quote, the long loving look at what is real. And I have found it really helpful in, in receiving spiritual guidance myself, because number one, it's just a luxury, I think, to have someone that doesn't have an agenda and is willing to just sit with you for 50 minutes or an hour to just listen to you unpack what's going on inside of you and to have space. Sometimes, again, deep things of the soul, because we're not verbalizing them often to other people, sometimes it can come up clunky. We don't exactly know what we're saying, but to have someone to your point, Christina, that deep listening, catching, hey, I noticed that this word keeps coming up in our session today. And would you like to say more about that? And you don't realize that because you're just in the process of verbalizing that or this idea of the long loving look at what's real. I think sometimes we can quickly take a little glance at what's happening in our lives and move on, or we can have some different emotions, maybe shame or embarrassment or fear around what's real in our lives, but to say, okay, this is what's happening. And so how can I bring this to, to God and have that lens of love wash over whatever it is that I'm experiencing? And also that aspect of what's real. Like I think with therapy in general, therapists tend to address a lot of our past issues where we were in our lives and helping to bring some healing to that. I think in general, like coaches are looking towards the future that you want to create, maybe goal setting, where spiritual direction is about the now, the present, the moment, what is real today for you? And how are you engaging in the spirit in this moment in your life, which is again, a different continuum on that timeline of our lives type of a thing. And so really acknowledging What's real right now is this. My fears might say this, or my past might have said this, but what's true today is this. And I really don't have anything to worry about because this is what's real right now type of a situation. And so I have found that definition to be really helpful in receiving spiritual guidance. Yeah, I really appreciate the definition as well. And I, one thing that I've also thought about, and I think we've had somewhat of a dialogue about is sometimes before you can take a long, loving look at what's real, you have to take a long loving look at what you've projected 
right? What has been in the past? What are the things that you've projected onto yourself or what other people have projected onto you? And dealing with that because that is a reality. And then you have to say, I don't know if I need to carry that anymore. That's not mine. And so I think, yes, it is taking a long, loving look at what is real, what is present. But sometimes you have to take a long, loving look at what people have projected onto you and what you've projected onto yourself. Yeah. And I feel like what often comes out of that is this experience of discovering the divine in places you would you weren't aware of. You weren't realizing that was the case. And all this possibility starts to float to the surface. I remember having a conversation with somebody once and it became clear at some point, like even just turning on a light switch has this presence of divine in it if we're paying attention, but it's that ability to slow down long enough in order to take the look. And it's funny because I'm a fast personality. And so that notion of getting somewhere was a huge part of my story. And so I have developed different images for what's happening. So sometimes I talk about being in the lazy river together, like we're just floating along in the stream because it helps me to remember that notion of staying in a slower space. I just have a lot of energy. It's always buzzing around. So that has helped for me. And one thing that I think the three of us value is this idea of spiritual direction as a practice. So it's not just a one-off thing that we might do. And it can maybe start that way, right? Like one time we meet with somebody at a retreat center or something like that. But the beauty of a practice where this is something where there's a rhythm of having spiritual guidance, whether it's a monthly rhythm or every six weeks or whatever it is that you choose to do that month over month. And then year over year, watching the growth, the awareness, the changes that happen is just a remarkable, beautiful practice that we've all engaged in and why we care about it so much. And so maybe it might be helpful if you're thinking, okay, do I, why would I go to spiritual direction? What kind of are some indicators or factors that might contribute to someone engaging in spiritual guidance? And actually on our website, foundrysc.com, we go into a little bit more depth about these things, but here's four main reasons that people tend to seek out spiritual direction in their lives. One is walking through a spiritual desert. And if we have some sort of a connection with the divine, at some point in our lives, we will have a spiritual desert and what used to work for us is no longer working for us. And so sometimes that can feel disorienting and having a spiritual director can really help us in those notions. Yeah. I like that one walking through a spiritual desert. I think there's another one is discerning life transitions. We have key moments in our lives when we're facing new choices or new opportunities. And so rather than a pros or cons list, spiritual direction offers space to discern deeper stirrings of the heart and of the soul. And I think most spiritual directors are equipped with discerning practices that they can help the directees work through. So I think discerning life transitions is another key, another key factor in why one would see spiritual direction. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that has been a big story for me. There's another one too, discovering your unique contribution, which can look like a lot of things. Sometimes there's an inner stirring that something's different. You don't exactly know what that means or or why that's there, but maybe you feel like I've always been this way in some kind of a way, but now I'm feeling something different in my body and I don't know how to interpret it. I don't know who to go to talk to about this and nobody in my immediate circles can speak into this. So sometimes it's a little bit of, there's something that I want to give. There's something I want to do. And I can't quite figure out how to get that out into the world. And then finally, another one that I think is really relevant is facing burnout. Whether we are 
at the precipice of burnout, we are thick in it, whatever it is, having a safe space where it's confidential and we can just unpack where we're at. Sometimes I think it can feel embarrassing to maybe admit that we've reached that point, but to have the loving spaciousness where we can explore what got us here and what does it look like to be in this space of burnout or potential burnout and to maybe see some hope on the other side. I think that's a really helpful space for people to explore spiritual guidance. Yeah. And I think one of the things that whenever we're facing challenges or we are, we're being, we're being asked to look at the inward landscape. One of the temptations I feel like in life is to be in isolation in that period. And I think spiritual direction says, I am looking inward, but I'm going to do it with someone else who can hear me and hear what's going on and be non-judgmental about the things that are arising or the things that that we're seeing in our inner landscape. So I think that too, for me, is just an important component of spiritual companionship, spiritual direction. So if this is something that maybe it's piqued your curiosity and you'd like to explore it, we encourage you to check out our website. The three of us, like we mentioned, are spiritual directors that are certified. If you'd like to maybe have a discovery session, maybe just to be one time to get a taste. I think we do our best to try to explain spiritual direction, but I think once you're in the seat experiencing it, it's a whole other, okay, I get it now. That was surprisingly helpful, even though it seems simple. We would encourage you to check out boundarysc.com for some more information. Thank you so much for the conversation, guys. And now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. I think what I'm into right now is something I haven't even tried yet. Can you believe it? So somehow I came across a recipe for chocolate coconut macaroons. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I haven't made a macaroon in a really long time. In fact, that's probably often something I would do at Christmas time. But why can't the spring offer a coconut macaroon? (laughs) So yes. I want to give this a shot. That is what I am into. Lovely. That sounds good. I am into different flavors of lip smacker lip balm. And so I had purchased this 12 pack or something of these lip balms. And I am currently holding in my hand, you are so grape. And it's guess grape flavored. And I love it because it, as I'm helping my chapped lips, there's a nice smell. I've given these to my children for, I think, Valentine's Day or something like that. They each got different flavored ones. So when they give a little bit kiss, I'm like, oh, you smell like you are peachy. And it has these cheesy things where it's like, I feel so great today. <laughs> so I am into lip smackers. Oh my gosh. You both are into such fun things. I don't think that what I'm into is as fun, but it is ve- very nostalgic. I am revisiting an old song by Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens was a wonderful guitarist, lyricist, songwriter of the 70s who has an interesting journey if one were to explore. It. But he has a song called Moon Shadow. And I love learning to play the guitar with this song. But it's such a great song, and it's one that I am enjoying passing on to my children. I think it it has such a hook to it. It's such a fun song. And just this idea of a moon shadow or shadows. And I think there are some deep themes of the song Moon Shadow. So I am into the nostalgic song for me, Moon Shadow. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It has been great to be with you. Until next time. Make it a great week. 
If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.